Hey y'all, this is Charlie. We are living, loving, laughing in grace. And this is part two and also the conclusion to our current series uh, where we are talking about the Lord's wisdom and the book of Proverbs and looking at the practical side of that, my friends. And so we're going to jump right back into that. Here we go. And that's how we can stop striving. And truly it begins in our position with the Lord. If we're not at peace with him, we can't be at peace with each other because it starts heavenward first. When we see, look, God's not, God's not your problem. He is not striving with mankind anymore. Not since Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross and died and rose again. It tells us that in 2 Corinthians, that God in his son is reconciling the world to himself. Not that he has to be reconciled. He already has been. He has taken all your judgment and put it in the body of his son. So that now he, he has no more judgment left for you. It's our perspective that has to change. It's our mindset that has to change. To see, wait a minute. God's not my problem. Say that with me. Say, God is not my problem. God is not your problem. He is not striving with you. He is at peace with you. May we be at peace with him. And that, my friends, is how we let go. That's another way we can say to stop striving, to let go, just simply let go and trust in the Lord. And he shall take care of you, my friend. I want to share a quick testimony. So this was the word the Lord gave me today, and it was helpful in two ways. One, sometimes I fall back into old habits, just like all of us do. And sometimes the strife that I'm dealing with is in my head. Okay. It's, you know, I, I know you've been there. Other people have been there where you replay old arguments, right? You replay old offenses or insults and, and you tell yourself, oh, I should have said this and I should have said that. And it really boils down, boils down to, oh yeah, I really would have told them. I really, really should have shown them. Stop striving. It is more honorable for you. Honorable. It brings you honor when we stop striving. And in fact, my friends, remember, what we believe is how we live. So the stop striving does start even in the arguments we have in our own head. And I found the best way for me to stop rehearsing and nursing old offenses and old wounds is I use them as a trigger point to pray. When I have one of those old things come up that I want to get all fiery about, instead, I start praying for that person. Because sometimes the devil brings these memories up, right? He loves to cause strife. Sometimes it's our own flesh. Either way, as you begin praying for that person, if it's the devil, he's going to stop bringing it up to you because that's the last thing he wanted. <laughs> Amen. And then you're actually declaring, you can declare blessings into this person's life. And it, God does not bless other people through you without the same blessing hitting you. Okay. His anointing flows through it goes through you into other people's lives. You will be blessed as well. Sometimes, you know, we saw with Abraham, his own wife couldn't have a child. And it wasn't until he prayed 
for another nation and for women who couldn't have children. Here he was with his own wife who had been barren their entire marriage. She's now 90 years old and he prays for these other women to be able to have children. And the very next chapter, boom, his wife has her baby. Many times the breakthrough we're waiting on. You know the same thing happened to Job? It was when Job prayed for his friends that then his restoration came. Sometimes it's just easier for us to receive what we need when we're praying for other people. That same anointing that touches them has to flow through you first. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I've already gone down this bunny trail. Oh, I'm going to share this whole testimony with you. So this was my Proverbs for today. Essentially, let go. It is more honorable for you to stop striving and let go. And think of that. Any fool can quarrel. Any fool. When you watch these people on these reality TV shows and they're arguing and they're spatting and they're planning and they're conniving and do you look at them and admire them? Do you think, wow, I sure want to be like them? No, you may have never used the word fool before, but I bet you've had some other derogatory adjectives come to mind. Right? Even in the natural. They just don't look good. <laughs> Any fool can quarrel. But it takes you, a child of God, to stop striving and receive that honor. So today, I was out on a walk with my husband and our fur baby, Dash, our dog. He's a pity mix. And uh, we were walking, a, a, it's an actual paved walking trail that long, runs a, along a river um, that has become our normal thing to walk. And there's a point where you can go down to the river and then there's a point where it widens around like a little um, area of forest and you keep walking and you come to another path you can take down to the river. And uh, we've been doing this for several months now. And on either end of the forest, there's a path that goes into the forest. And we've always wondered, does it actually connect in there? Like, can you walk in on one end and go through the forest instead of using the paved path? And would it be a path that is okay for our doggy to walk, right? Because when you're taking your fur babies out on trails, you want to make sure, first of all, they're not wearing shoes. So you don't want there to be a lot of thorny bushes and stuff like that for them to step on. And weeds that might brush my knee are going to be in his face, right? Same thing. And we do have lots of stuff out here with thorns. So we like to walk a trail first before we take our dog out on it. Well, today it was really pouring rain. So I had put on my, my muck boots, right? They're really tall, come up almost, um, oh, a little over halfway to my knees uh, so that I could splash in the puddles. <laughs> I love laying in the rain and I love puddles and I love these boots because it's a weird sensation. They keep me so dry, but I'm standing in puddles or the river or whatever it is we're doing. So since I was wearing those and we get to the path, uh, my husband had this thought, hey, how about you go down the path? Me and Dash will go out to the asphalt trail and we'll meet you at the other end. But if you get to where you can't go anymore, just holler. And, and we'll come back. Oh, neither one of us were seeing it at the time that he wouldn't be able to hear me. So I say, okay. So I, I take off through this trail. And at first it's great. And I get quite a ways into the forest. And then it, you know, as they often do, it basically kind of just disappears. And I'm like, okay, so it doesn't go all the way through. But I see what looks like a, you know, it's probably a moose trail or um, something that wildlife have been walking. So I start following it because it's going in the general direction I need to go. So I go down it for a while and then it kind of peters out. And I'm like, well, the brush isn't too bad. Maybe I can still push my way through. So I'm still hiking along, trying to push through this brush. And then it gets to where it's like, okay, nope, this isn't going to work. I'm going to 
I'm not going to be able to make it. Well, by this point, the trail has now brought me pretty, pretty close back to the river. And I thought, huh, because right now with the, uh, all the cold weather that we're getting, the river is starting to freeze further up in the mountains where it comes from. And so it's really been drying. We can see a lot of the riverbed again. And I thought maybe there's enough dry riverbed that I can walk that and I don't have to push my way through all the brush again to get back. So I go to the, to the edge and it's probably two, three foot drop. And I look and it's like, yes, there's, there's the, it's a very, it's a gray, for those of you who don't know, silty sand. Um, it's lovely stuff, really. And I can see that it goes back as far as, uh, as I can see. So I'm like, oh, I think I can get back to my trail that way. And that would be a lot faster. So I did a really dumb thing. I just stepped right off the bank and I sank. It wasn't dry. I was in river mud. Uh, some of y'all know how, um, how bad that can be. Uh, I sank to the top of my boots and it was kind of a very unreal feeling because it looks like you're going to land on solid ground and you don't. And then I realized that the dry part I saw was actually up much higher and where I had stepped off, there was a little channel of water still coming through probably underneath. And so what I had was river mud. River mud is a bit like quicksand. Fortunately, not as deep, but it has that same pull and suction. And of course, my first reaction is to try and pull my foot up and it almost takes my boot off. <laughs> I was like, oh great. So I kind of pull, I'm striving for a little bit to try and get out of my predicament. And then I just stop and look and I'm like, what am I going to do? My first thought is I'm going to have to stay here until Jeremy figures out I'm not going to make it. And then he's going to have to come find me because I'm way off the trail at this point. And um, so that's my first thought. And then my next thought is, no, I'm not going to sit here until he comes and finds me. For one, that could be quite a while. Two, I don't want Dash going through all that brush. You know, three, it's just like, no, we can't do that. But then this comes to me. Stop striving. My friends, it's amazing. It might seem like such a simple thing. But the, the Lord's ways are simple, but they are powerful. I could have been there for hours and it was cold out, <laughs> really cold. It was fine as long as you're keeping warm. And at that point, actually, I was pretty hot from fighting with the mud uh, and had made no progress. So finally, stopped fighting. And I just simply said, Jesus, what should I do? Immediately, this image of a show I watched probably over 10 years ago of, uh, of a, it was like an adventure show. And, and this guy would show you how to get out of predicaments. And there was one where he put himself into quicksand and then showed you how to get out of quicksand in case you ever accidentally wandered into it. And instantly this show that I haven't seen, like I said, in probably 10 years, I don't know, uh, at least seven pops into my head and I see him do the opposite of what you would think. He actually laid across the quicksand and, and he says, you want to kind of pull sideways, not up. And so I thought, oh, that's what I need to do. So I leaned backwards across the mud and then I was able to slide my feet out and grip onto the bank with dear life and pull myself back up. I looked like a mud monster. It was hilarious. I had this ridiculous amount of mud clung to me. But anyways, my friend, so life or death situation, no, but it still could have really ruined my day to be stuck there for a couple of hours. But wisdom. 
would it have been cool? It would have been so cool if God had sent an angel and the angel had just boosted me up out of that mud and chucked me up on the bank, right? And could he have done that? Yes, but he didn't need to either. Wisdom is just as powerful. He gave me the exact wisdom that I needed in the exact moment for what I needed. Amen. My friends, wisdom is powerful. So many times when we think we need something like that, like in, like this huge heavenly sign or an angel to come swooping in, really, all we need is wisdom. Hallelujah. God is so very, very good. And finally, so this is that that is just an example for you of how reading the Proverbs every day, just one, my friend. If you start reading the Proverbs every day, you'll have your own examples every day, right? Of how the Lord's wisdom helps you. And and sometimes it's just that cleansing effect, right? When when you first teach your children to start washing dishes, do they have to know how the soap works to get the dishes clean? No. Do they have to know that it kills germs and all the properties? But I don't even know how soap works, okay? But I know I put it on a brush or a sponge and I use some water and I wash the plates and they get clean. My friends, the word of God is the same way. Even if you don't understand what you're reading, don't be deterred. It still has a cleansing effect. It still has a washing effect. It is still producing life in you. It, it, it is life. The word of God is life. And as you continue to read it, as it told us in Proverbs chapter 1, the understanding will come. The knowledge will come. The wisdom will come. Amen. You can't come to the presence of Jesus and not be changed. And that's what you're doing. And uh, now, finally, I want to encourage you with this from this last verse, right? Something else that the Lord showed me. It's, his scriptures are just so rich. It says, again, keeping away from strife is an honor for a man, but any fool will quarrel. I want to take you to another time where the Bible uses this word strife. And it's back to Genesis 6, verse 3. And it says, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. This is what's happening, my friends. This is right before the flood. At this time, man is living to seven, eight, nine hundred years old because sin had come into the world, but it hadn't had as devastating the effect yet as it has now. And so because man was living so long and not acknowledging the Lord, he just became more and more and more wicked. And then because they lived so long, they would pass their evil thoughts and plans and things down to not just their son or their grandson, but their great-grandson, their great-great-grandson, their great-great-great-grandson. Like there just wasn't an end to it because man's life was so long. And because the Lord, to save us, right? I've, I've shared on the flood before, but just so you know, the Lord did not flood an earth full of mankind. The Bible tells us the only truly human family left was Noah's. That's why God saved them. The rest of mankind had bred with fallen angels and created these half-breeds. They're even finding their bones today, my friends. These giants and, and, and um. Uh, anyways, it's a whole nother teaching. I don't want to go down, but I want you to know that God did not flood a world of mankind. He flooded the world to save mankind, to save the only family that was 100% human stock. 
to protect them, but how it grieved him to have to do that to his creation. And so he says, essentially, because he had to do this, he will never let man live that long again. But listen, we think living to a hundred is a long time. But did you catch what God said? He said, I will not strive with you more than 120 years. God just promised us in his judgment that we could live to 120 if we're still striving. Which means if you're not still striving with the Lord, if you're living at peace with the Lord, you can live longer than 120. After this incident, you see the life of man change drastically. Most men began to die at a much younger age, the same ages that we consider normal today. However, men who did not strive with the Lord, such as Abraham, Abraham lived after this and he lived 175. His son Isaac lived to 180 because they were at peace with the Lord. So this is what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that when the Lord, when you stop striving The Lord says he will honor you. And how does he honor you? With long life. We already read that in Proverbs. That wisdom gives to you long life. The Lord will honor you with a life that is good and fulfilling and rich and long. Yes, my friend, believe for a life to at least 120. That's still young to God. When we stop striving, he honors us. That we could fulfill and enjoy a long life. And that puts a mark on us too, my friends. When people see that, wow. It's a blessing to live long. It's an honor that he gives to us when we stop striving. And think of this, my friends. Even the natural world, even natural medicine has been doing more and more research and putting more and more emphasis on the bad effects of stress. My friends, when we are under stress, we are essentially striving with the Lord because stress is caused by us thinking that things rely on us instead of trusting in him. Use that to your advantage. Use it. When you find yourself stressed out, go, oh, I'm striving. I can let this go. It is more honorable for me to let this go to the Lord. Let him handle this than for me to strive. Do you want to live longer? Do you want to live more fulfilled? Do you want to live with peace and joy and honor? When you find yourself stressed, my friends, I said, use that as an indicator that, oh, this is an area I need to let go. Give it to the Lord. Let him turn it around for my good because he will. And I receive his honor for that. What a good God we have. He honors us for us giving him our problems. Do you know anyone else like that? (laughs) Do you know anyone else in your life that says, oh, please come give me your problems and I'll honor you for that? Oh, only our God, my friends. He is so very, very good. Well, my friends, I pray that this blessed you. I pray that um, this has inspired you to want to get into the book of Proverbs, to come to the Lord and receive from his wisdom. Amen. Uh, There are just so, as you continue to read the Proverbs, you will see there are so many benefits to reading of the Lord's wisdom. Hallelujah. And as we saw from today's particular wisdom, to letting go of strife. It's like a double bonus. 
I like a triple bonus. I don't know, mini bonuses. Anyways, all right, my friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and grant you his peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, y'all, till next time, keep on living, loving, laughing in grace.